I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. Come inside the Flaming Yoni. And let your pussy be your guide. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh. We are both just looking at each other <laughs> expectantly because we know that the conversation we want to have with all of you today is deep and impactful and it's closing out this triple wound series that we've been discussing and you can't step in to discussing the witch wound without first getting in touch with your own inner witch yes and my darling sister and I have just spent a little time doing that do you want to do you want to tell our listeners how we prepared ourselves for this episode mm. yeah we took a pause and separated obviously we're separated in physical space but seldom separated (laughs) in emotional or technological space and we both uh, participated in a plant medicine ceremony that has become deeply meaningful in my life it's it's something you introduced into my life Um, it's called hape and I also, and I know you did as well, um, pulled a card and we've talked about our love of cards and all that they do for us on the show. Um, but I think you would be better to introduce our listeners to Hape, its origins and its practice. And then we can kind of share. I'm still very much processing and mm-hmm. just in awe of what I received from this ceremony. But I, I feel it's good for the listener to have a bit of an understanding. Yeah. So hape is a shamanic ceremonial tobacco snuff, and it is administered through, there's different pipes that it can be administered through, but one is called a kuripe and one is called a tepi. And when you are self-administering to yourself, it is called a kuripe. And what happens is you choose the snuff that you're going to use and you set an intention with it and you pray with it and you then put it into one end of the pipe and through the other end of the pipe you blow it into your nose and it is a very powerful jolt that hits your system and you allow that to sit with you for a second before you administer to the other side And when you are utilizing this medicine in a way with intention and with whether it's a prayer, whether you're looking to connect in with someone or something or someone's, you just allow what comes through the medicine to really sink in with you. So for myself, this time my intention was to connect in with all of the wise women who have come before me. Um, whether my lineage or not my lineage. And what happened for me was I felt immediately surrounded in circle by women we know, by those we have yet to meet, by women who have walked the earth prior to me in this incarnation, some of which I recognized, some of which I didn't. But what really stood out for me in this one was just the deep amount of wisdom and also the deep amount of pain that has been alchemized by this circle of women over the course of centuries. 
And it just really is still sitting with me that the weight that they were willing to show up, that they're here to kind of broker an understanding with the audience about what this wound is like and what women's experiences have been over the course of time. And so for me, it it was just really a deep connection in with the earth and in with the spirit of these women that inform our experiences today. And this medicine is always there for me and can always bring me to center in the way that I need to, as long as I'm working with it with deep intention. And I have the utmost respect and reverence Mm -hmm. for this particular medicine. I mean, absolutely. I completely agree. There's so much care, intention, love, and that we pour into all the practices that we have throughout our lives that bring us safety and feelings of security or feelings of deeper connection. Um, You know, another thing I'd like to know about our Hapai practice is that, um, you know, Anya obtains the hape from the Yawanaba tribe. Isn't that the name, the Yawanaba? There's a couple different ones. I think I have yeah the Yawanawa and then the Shipibo tribe as well. Mm -hmm. In the Amazon. And so, you know, we obtain this from the indigenous people and cultures who have been producing it for time (laughs) immemorium. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I set forth a bit of a different intention and I wanted to connect in, and, and the name of the hape, there are different blends because they're also, it's not just tobacco. There are also, you know, herbs and, yes. you know, different medicinal properties from other plants. We use the feminine force mm-hmm. hape. And I wanted to connect in with the suffering and pain that mm-hmm. women have experienced as a result both of the femicide, you know, the witch trials and the inquisition and the burnings, and also connect in with the women who have been so, so minimized by experiencing the resulting intergenerational witch wound. Mm -hmm. And I, as I was processing through, I received a, a, a thought into my awareness And it was like the inner voice of somebody that wasn't me because I definitely haven't had this exact thought that I can Mm -hmm. recall, but it was, it was the thought of I've done everything that I was told to do. And I am everything I was told to be. And I perform so well. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted this little corner of my life where I could have a secret practice that makes me feel feminine that makes me feel authentic that makes me feel safe I just wanted this little area of magic and ritual in my life to be undisturbed by you know anybody else and Mm -hmm. then you know the the notion that those women who had that one little teeny corner in the whole fabric of their lives were hunted and persecuted and I really felt that pain that it's so yes. little to ask of somebody. And yet they were literally paid the ultimate price for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that reality and the, the pain and the grief and the 
injustice of that, it came to me very quickly and I actually had to stand up and move my body and shake and like, because it was so overwhelming. And the last image that came to my mind was of a feather, mm. um, which is interesting because I think that feather could represent many things. It could represent the phoenix rising from the ashes. I know that you uh, recently had somebody gift you a feather, um, which was such a meaningful gift to you. And it was from a woman to you that you participated in ceremony with. I hope you're okay with me sharing this. Absolutely. But it was a, it really came to a place of real beautiful resilience. And, you know, even though, the witch wound is going to be challenging to talk about because it is rooted in such a horrific incident. Getting back into connection with your own magic mm. is so crucial. So yeah. I'm so glad that you've listened and, you know, you allowed us and we both, we both, have you pulled a card yet? No, I was, I didn't pull a card. So I'm excited to hear what you pulled. Yeah, I did pull a card and my tarot deck is all about women uh every single card has a woman from a woman from history that's notable and related and the card that i pulled is the empress and on my deck the empress is represented by nefertiti Mm. who was um the wife of egypt's greatest pharaoh pharaoh ramses and I read this, and I I thought it was kind of prescient in my book that goes along with it. Ancient imagery depicting Nefertiti affirms her important political role by showing her attending affairs of state. In ancient Egypt, there was no separation between the royals and the divine realm. The pharaoh was regarded as a god, and Egyptian queens were also associated with various goddesses. And so, you know, Nefertiti, as a woman who knew her magic... And mm-hmm. that she was regarded as a goddess mm-hmm. and owned that, I think is very, very relevant to the witch wound as we'll get into here. Mm. I love that so much. And it reminds me of some of like kind of the past life work that I have done where I I was in ancient Egypt and studying under Isis as one of the women in her school of the cult of Isis and the cult of Isis studied many things, but one of the things that is getting a lot of airtime today are sex magic practices that Mm -hmm. were passed down generationally through girls as they blossomed into womanhood. And they were kind of temple priestesses that were teaching the art of sexual magic and the way that the energy of sex and what can be done with that transmission is so powerful. So I love the tie-in with ancient Egypt and all of the hallways that I've seen myself walking in that world with what you just described. And I think that's a really great place for us to tell our listeners what the witch wound is because while there was that time in ancient Egypt and other ancient civilizations where women did not have to hide their magic and they did not have to shy away from being public about it, 
like what you saw in your vision of, you know, this, this girl, this person who wanted just to have that magic for herself. And presumably it was taken from her and she probably had her life taken from her because she was labeled a witch. This wound is an intergenerational trauma that is passed down through our ancestors or the pain we hold of past lives where we ourselves were persecuted and hunted for being what people perceived as witches. And just like what we've been talking about with the mother wound and the sister wound the last couple of weeks, this is not just an individual wound. It is a collective wound. And it lives within all of us at some place within our soul's journey. It is a lived experience by many. And it is also something that even if we don't recognize it for what we're calling it here today, it shows up in our lives mm-hmm. in powerful ways. Right. And, you know, we, we started this episode by talking about some of our own personal, you know, practices and rituals. And as you're listening, I want you to realize that maybe this is not how the witch wound shows up for you. You know, it's it's not tied to any one spiritual practice. It is the limiting belief and also the fear, the deeply rooted fear that we can't embody our own unique strengths, power, magic, you know, all of the the unique qualities that light you up as a person mm-hmm. that going into the fullness there, really investing and leaning into that, mm-hmm. you will be persecuted for it. That yeah. we have to stay small. We have to stay out of sight and especially showing up in some of the ways uh, that society deems unacceptable, you know, that is where the witch wound really, really takes root. Um, And it is so prevalent in our society today. um, But, you know, oftentimes, just like all the other wounds, there are experiences that we have, but we don't connect in to this is, this is my wound. So I'll talk about some of the ways the witch wound may show up for you and for us. Um, Being labeled as separate or other or bad. I think this one is really important to say. Having a disconnection from your own cultural heritage. Um, You know, we are, we have been releasing this series during Black History Month here in the U.S. And it's really important to note that for Black women and other women of color, the witch wound, you know, is going to show up, especially because in, you know, the history of slavery, you know, the, these were people who were ripped away from their cultural practices, their, their indigenous spiritual practices. And so that disconnection from our own cultural identity, our cultural practices is, is something that really is prescient to the witch wound a disconnection from the healing modalities used by your ancestors, feeling disembodied from yourself, oppression of your personal beliefs and the freedom of those beliefs, a deep fear of speaking out or Mm -hmm. being seen. Um, Being seen is the frightening piece. The witch wound tells you, you have to keep it hidden. You have to, you can't trust others. You can't trust even yourself at times. And so That's a really um, important one there. And I mean, this one right here, constant fear 
of violence being used against you. Mm. Um, an understanding that I have had throughout the course of my life is about how I might die. And there's only been two real ways that I have thought I might die. Mm. The first one is from some like sickness or ailment, uh, natural causes, quote unquote. My heart might give out, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. The second one is I'm going to be brutally and violently killed by somebody I thought I could trust or mm. somebody I love. Because if you look at the statistics of how women die, yeah, that is always very high on the list. And yeah. so living with that reality that, you know, violence may be or could be used against you just for being who you are is something that comes up with the witch wound a lot. Yeah. Wow. And even just as you're saying a lot of those things, I can see my own experience with how it shows up in my life. I know we want to talk about healing from these wounds as well, but I think this is a really good time to share some of our own personal experiences with how what you just listed out might show up in a real tangible way. And I know that for myself, as I was raised in a very religious community, as my own thoughts have come online as the way that I process and work with the divine, I don't have a relationship with the traditional, I've heard some people call God like angry sky daddy. The patriarchal God. Capital G God, yeah. Capital, yeah. That's not my experience of the divine. My lived experience of the divine is pure love, pure light. It is goddess. It is embodied in all of us. And as I have really tried to communicate with my family about my belief structure and how it's changed and different, not in a way to try and alienate them or hurt them. I also am always aware of the confusion that I leave my mother with when we have these conversations about my spirituality. And I think I'm always trying to find a way to help her bridge and understand me in a way that doesn't make her afraid of me. Mm. And I think that is for me, one way in which this wound shows up in needing to be understood and not to have you be afraid of me. Mm. And I think another way that it has really shown up for me in recent years as I've dove more deeply into working with the elements, with the earth, and with plant medicine, I have a couple of people in my life that really just don't understand that work and it's very scary to them. And I understand as with all of the wounds we've been talking about, fear is mm. the piece that allows these wounds to keep to keep wounding, right? It is people fearing that which is unknown to them. And I work really hard to help people understand the connection and the deep reverence I have for these medicines that I work with, whether it be ayahuasca, whether it be psilocybin, whether it be hape, cacao, any of them. And there's more. 
but I think the thing that really hurts me is when I am trying to share that and communicate the reverence and respect that I hold for these things. And the response that I get from some people is, I mean, that's cute. That's just really your excuse to get high. <laughs> it's really, you're just, you're just looking to trip. So just call it what it is. And to me, it feels like such a punch in the gut because that couldn't be further from the truth. When I am sitting in deep ceremony with these medicines, I am getting in touch with my ancestors. I'm getting in touch with the divine. I'm getting in touch with the elements and I'm gaining great wisdom and clarity about myself and my journey and about the world and about the magnitude of all of this and the interconnectedness of all people and all things. And to have it boiled down to just, you know, wanting to get high, which don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that either. (laughs) So this is not a judgment of that. It's just my wound comes up because I feel misunderstood. I feel unseen. And then I don't feel safe anymore in sharing these deep pieces of myself because they are labeled as wrong and something to be afraid of. And then I feel small again. Yeah, it it's so often, you know, feeling misunderstood and also it it others us. Like we've we talked about in the sister wound and we talked about in the mother wound, these these wounds really the effect of them being a separation, a separation from ourselves with a capital S, our inner self, a separation from our sisters, a separation from the mother that brought us into the world. The witch wound separates us from our capital S self um, because any practices that we may use and tools that we may use to get deeper connected, people, you're right, people either think you're crazy or shit on you (laughs) or reject the notion that this is right for you and that is really one of the first arenas which we have to put forward to heal the witch wound is to just allow our sisters, our family members, you know, our friends to have those things that support them, even if we don't understand it. Um, my earliest recollection that I have of the witch wound uh, happened when I was a teenager. And I like I talked about in the mother wound episode, I was in the first couple of years and stages of my grief journey with the loss of my father and the, you know, following discord with my mother. And there was this movie and piece of art that I was really excited about coming out. And I was really like obsessed with this film. And I decided that I wanted to like, you know, show how meaningful it was to me. And so I like got these non-toxic markers and like put the song lyrics and lines from the movie all over my skin. And I just showed up to school like that. (laughs) Obviously um, that did not go over very well, but just understanding that like that was actually self-soothing to me to do that. And it was something meaningful to me because Mm -hmm. at the time I was in a very short period of self-harm. Um, and it was actually looking at at 
my adolescent self, all the people like concerned were really, they had something much larger to be concerned with, but (laughs) instead, you know, it was like, Oh, what's going on with her. And like the, the, the witch wound showing up can show up as this belief that like anything that is soothing and nurturing to us, we have to hide because we're going to be looked at as a witch, as crazy, as, you know, unacceptable to society. Um, And some practices are private and are meant to be private. Mm -hmm. However, the resulting magic and strength and power that we gain from those is not meant to be. It's meant to be shared with the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to to share that story. Mm. Mm. I'm glad you did, especially because it showed up at such a young age for you. You yeah. know, and your awareness of that. I mean, I think even another really easy example of how you and I have this showing up in our lives today is our fear of being able to even just publicly claim all that we are and yeah. all that we are talking about and use our real names, right? Mm-hmm. Scarlett and Anya have become who we are. But that's not our legal name. And we still live in fear because of any number of things, licensures, family, any number of things can still grip us with fear if we think that we could be unsafe Mm -hmm. and we could be persecuted if people knew. And it's really interesting because how public we are about our message and about our passions and about the quote unquote witchcraft we want to be doing in the world today. And we are so vocal about it, yet we still have to find a way to stay safe in the midst of all of that. And it's, it's just a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And I know that we, um, have not addressed on this show the fact that Scarlett and Anya are not our given names. They are, for intents and purposes, a pseudonym, but they're also a lot. These identities are a lot more meaningful for us than just a pseudonym. Absolutely. Um, But they are born out of necessity, knowing the world that we live in being you know, so inhospitable to women that step into the fullness of their sexual agency and power. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, for those other myriad reasons, however, this is not something that has been easy for us because we show up in the fullness of our authenticity here, just like we do in every arena in our lives. There is no separation. We are just wearing a different hat in that moment, but this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Um and that that necessity to do that, right? That, that it is, and to some degree, a necessity. Although we are putting all of our passion and energy behind changing the world, so mm-hmm. it is more hospitable and welcoming <laughs> and safe for sexually empowered women, uh, you know, slut sisters, all of our work around that. We still have to grapple with the fact that sexually empowered women are persecuted in our society today. Yes. Um, and that is something that we just 
are aware of. But what we can do when we talk about healing the witch wound is recognize that even though that's true, it is a choice to live in constant fear. Yeah. And we can choose to mindfully make another choice. Um, Absolutely. But another way that the witch wound comes up is in these limiting beliefs that we have about embodying our fullness. And I know you wanted to share a few things about, you know, how we have this imposter syndrome stemming Mm. from the witch wound that keeps us small. I mean, it is a powerful thing and it is a present thing for me in my life. You know, we, we have certain hats that society expects us to wear right? We have mother, we have daughter, we have sister. We have all the ways in which we are defined by who we are to somebody else in this world. And those are acceptable. And also the ones to wear as a badge of honor in terms of your profession. But it's a totally different thing when you're shifting spaces And you are recognizing that who you are is none of those things. They're just aspects of yourself. Mm. And you want to dig a little bit deeper and figure out, okay, then who am I? Right? And I recall when I was trying to come up with like, how do I describe myself on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever? And I had to really sit with words that I wanted to claim And I had such deep imposter syndrome around them, Mm. you know, things like mystic or wise woman or priestess or shaman, which I don't call myself a shaman. I don't know if I ever will, but I am deeply, deeply moved by shamanic practices and studies. And I will always be a student of shamanism, regardless of whether that label ever hits me. But I think the the power in claiming those words mm. also comes with a lot of fear of what people will think of you as you embrace that. And mm. that has been really alive for me, I would say, over the last year or so, as I think through what I believe my identity to be, which is not necessarily even about this body that's walking the earth. It's about what's what's my inner true capital S self? And that's a really, that's a really hard thing to help people understand. And it's a hard thing to understand ourselves. But even now, as I am contemplating how over the course of the next year, I intend to be fully open and out regardless of whether Anya is the name that I'm using or I use my given name or I come up with a new name. Mm -hmm. It's these identities that we do get to make a different choice about. And that is where the power lies. And so I don't have the answer yet, but it is absolutely still part of the journey that I'm walking through as I try to reclaim and heal that part of myself too. Because who, I think that the, the imposter that comes up to say, who are you to call yourself that? Yeah. Who are you? Who do? What do you think you have to offer the world? That's another way of keeping ourselves small and safe. And yes, we could talk about how that's a protectionism, you know, probably from our inner children trying to keep us safe. 
because the world wasn't safe for them at one point when they went to school with marker all over their body, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something that's been particularly alive for me lately. Yeah. Um, I, I had written down, there's a great article on medium about the witch wound, um, by an author named Jade Ebby. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. And there was one portion that I thought was really important for us to read. The author says, personally, I believe healing the witch wound is the hardest, most complex of the three to heal because while the other two wounds are also intergenerational trauma wounds passed down, it's much easier to step into ourselves as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, than it is to step into ourselves as a powerful woman who is inherently worthy of all of her power and gifts. Healing the witch wound means reclaiming all of who you are. It means stepping up and saying, no, I refuse to be hunted, persecuted, and shamed for being a powerful and independent woman. It means reclaiming the word witch in a positive light rather than a negative one. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that is so true. At this point in my life, I am healing the most from the witch wound. Because of these voices that you mentioned coming from either my inner child or some internalized patriarchal messages or coming from, you know, my mother or sister wound that tell me, who are you to be doing this transformative work? Do you really feel that your life experience is significant enough to alter the course of history? Do you really feel that you have the resource to do this? And I'm like, Fuck yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Not only do I, I, I know I do. I know in my bones that I do. And yeah. what that looks like comes from caring for myself, connecting in with myself, you know, putting myself first is going to be, a, you know, I think for any person is a huge part of healing the witch wound. Giving yourself the permission to say, my ritual, my magic, you know, my sex, my, you know, pleasure, my dominion of strength is valid. Like it matters and I'm going to prioritize it. Um, so I just, I wanted to, to note that this, this wound is extremely complicated and traumatic. It comes from a really painful and horrific history in our collective and, you know, we really have, I wish that we could have recorded this episode like in October when we had like, <laughs> you know, the autumn spooky vibes. Stalin. Maybe yeah. we'll have to revisit the witch wound. But um, I I just wanted to say like getting into your own witchy weirdness is so important yes. when, you know, dancing and expressing and crying and screaming, like getting into your primal native, like, body is so crucial I think for and of course those are practices that you and I just love <laughs> unabashedly totally yeah yeah I I'm feeling pulled to share a little bit more about what you said at the beginning about the feather that I was gifted yeah recently by this woman because the reason I was gifted that is because she witnessed me in my fullness and in my in my full-on witch and when we were in ceremony, um, I, when I am working with plant medicine, sometimes when I'm not working with plant medicine, 
I have um, a language that just kind of comes to me and through me that just is present and I don't have words for it. I don't know exactly what I'm saying. I always know what I'm thinking about and what's going through my mind, but I I was being administered hape and that's what happened and and I started speaking this slight language and this woman was watching me and she said she had the experience of basically seeing me morph into um, her dead parrot named Jacques and um, the cries that were coming out of my mouth were exactly like her parrot's cries and it was loud and it was piercing and she was so moved and touched by it that she went home that day and she wrote a story which she hadn't been able to write for a while and she was deep in some grief around her husband's death and coming to the ceremony in my temple that day she went home and wrote a story and mailed me a copy of the story and two of her beloved feathers that she has left from Jacques. And she basically said that it was, it was that ceremony that helped bring her back to her own heart and her own, her own happiness that has been snuffed out for so long. And that to me was such a beautiful moment of me to see. We never know the impact we're having on people. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't intend to be giving her any sort of experience. I was just having my own. But we all carry within us so much power and so much wisdom that we impart on people and we never know when we might touch someone. And I guess I would close that out by saying when we don't show up in our full authenticity and when we don't embrace our witchiness in whatever way it shows up for us, we're keeping our gifts from the world and we're not allowing the impact to spread out. So I'm really glad you brought that up and had the chance to tell that story. It feels a little vulnerable, but like, you know, it. what are we doing on this show if not that? Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it came to me. It wasn't something that, you know, I intended us talking about either. Um, but this is the way that, our own magic, if we choose to invest in, can really enlighten and enliven us to the path that we are meant to take. Um, you know, it, it's so it's so interesting the day and age that we live in when we have access to all of this, all of this collective information and perspective and opinion, and we know what is happening on the other side of the globe at any moment, and yet how are we that connected in with self? Like, are we that connected in with our own inner landscape? And I think healing from the witch wound is all about that connection. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also all about recognizing, you know, the (laughs) pain, trauma, and, you know, oppression of, you know, our, in our, in our human history, in our current experience, I think part of the witch wound is acting up part of the witch wound healing. The witch wound is like going out and fighting injustice, fighting forces that persecute and oppress other people. Um, We, we can't just heal from this witch wound 
in our internal landscape and not bring that awareness out into making our world a world where people are not persecuted, attacked, and ultimately murdered for their own uniqueness. It has to stop. That is just as we talked about the world being safer for mothers um, and sisterhood for sisters, like creating a more equitable, just, and fair society is what has to happen to collectively heal from the witch wound. Um, and, And so we can all come out from the covering of our fear of persecution and into the light of day as the incredibly unique human beings that we are. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think, too, in closing this episode out, I think another powerful way of healing the witch wound is through love and dispelling the fear Mm. that people think of when they think about counterculture, Mm -hmm. when they think about mysticism, when they think about witchiness, that sort of thing. And I'm reminded of a song that I have loved for more than 20 years, probably closer to 30. Um, There's a a folk artist named Dar Williams, and she has a song called The Christians and the Pagans. And it's about a family getting together for Thanksgiving when they've been alienated from one another because they're Christians and some of the family members split off and became pagan. And they dance under the moonlight with goddesses and they, you know, worship things that the family that's Christian just can't understand. And one of the choruses in the song, I think is just so perfect for our ending here. It said, so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground the best that they were able. Where does magic come from? I think magic is in the learning because now when Christians sit with pagans, only pumpkin pies are burning. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Communion, openness, understanding. I love that. So glad that you shared it. This has been an amazing series. We are just so grateful to you for listening, for receiving us. We're so excited to do more around healing these wounds in our slut sisterhood, in other offerings, We'd really love it if you would reach out and tell us, you know, if you have any feedback on this series, if you'd like us to dive into more with these wounds, it would just, it would mean a lot to hear from each of you and become a star in our universe. And then we can, you know, have a conversation about it on our discord server. Um, This has been healing for me. It has been incredibly powerful to talk about these wounds with you, Anya. And I just want to thank you for showing up and um, I'm proud of myself too for doing that and we will continue to heal. Yeah, we will together. And that's how healing happens best and in communion and sisterhood and brotherhood. And yes, likewise, thank you for your vulnerability and showing up just so purely authentic. It's through that type of conversation with all of you too, that we are spreading what we hope is a message of love and acceptance and meeting you where you are because that's really all we ever are endeavoring to do is be met where we are and loved for who we are so we love you sending lots of love lots of love yes thanks for spending some time in the yoni verse with us 
We adore our listeners, and we'd love to connect more deeply with you. Find us on our website, theflamingyoni.com, and our socials are in the show notes. Before you leave the universe, be sure to give us a five-star rating, and don't forget the review. Your feedback means the world to us. We can't wait to light your world on fire next week, and in the meantime, stay sacred. And stay salacious. Salacious.